This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's number one and only craft beer venue. You can sit in and take away and we've also just introduced a local delivery service. So if you live in the Remshire area and are looking for craft beer, we can deliver the same day if you order before one o'clock. Next day delivery as well for any time after that. Minimum order is £20. Any orders over 60, you get free delivery. So what are you waiting for? Go to paisleycraftbeer.com. That's paisleycraftbeer.com. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me is Mark Jardin. Hello, Andrew Christie. Hello, and Sam Smith. Bonjour. Uh, sorry, we didn't get a podcast out last week, but it's what happens when we all have jobs and shit, and people are too ill to come. Uh, Straight back. <laughs> Just a lack of a lack of commitment, a lack of love for you. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah, the only person that turned up was Dave Cormack for the patrons. He's the only one. That thought of your cold hard cash coming into our hands and you thought something had to be done but anyway we, we, we have a we have a win to talk about which is good we don't need to talk about a defeat like a heavy defeat to the snake that is jim goodwin's aberdeen so we'll not talk about that and fuck jim goodwin i know that's early but fuck him uh so on one ross county now uh I, despite what i saw on twitter with certain people, I thought we played quite well. There was people saying that like it was such a poor performance and stuff, but I thought we controlled the game quite well. Like, um, yeah, it's bollocks. What, well, well, bollocks so, or their bollocks? Their, their bollocks, oh, we played okay. really well. Yeah, I thought we played yeah, well. Yeah. Poor, poor performance if you watch it with your eyes shut, but people just love a moan. That's the thing in it. Um, yeah. but, um, Sam will come to you first. What's your thoughts on the match? Uh, I was delighted with it. I thought the, the overall performance was was really good. Uh, we did the, we kind of pressed really well. Right, I think Maine and the Younger were forcing the big huddies at the back for Ross County to lump the ball along in our back line. Kind of dealt with it all day if there was anything going over the top. Of Shaughnessy Dunn was dealing with Dunn and Fraser for both sides were dealing with it in the, the midfield were excellent as well. We never really looked in any danger to be honest apart from County hitting the post kind of late on and then the deflected effort for Car- uh, the deflected effort that Carson ended up saving but we'll touch on that later but I'm uh, thoroughly impressed it's two home games the bounce that we've been comfortably the better team and it was good to see that good to see us finally get some get some reward for the way we've been playing in our first three league games minus the 70 minutes with 10 men against Aberdeen mm-hmm I think that's the, the sort of biggest telling thing. Like even Aberdeen fans are raging at Goodwin and saying that the only reason they won that match is because we had a man sent off and that we were playing quite well before that happened. Um, if only our own fans could kind of see that. But um, what a goal! We, we may as well just get to it. Like what a goal from Richard Tate. I think. Am I right in saying that's his first goal? in two years as well, which I was quite surprised. I don't know. I think no. in my head, he's a proli- some kind of prolific goal scorer, but I swear there's more than that. But I think that he's must have been his first since since the game, the, goal, the season opener against Levy a couple of seasons ago. He's first since like Aidenach, because he scored against Partick Thistle as well in the 
League Cup. That Aye, year. right enough, yeah. yeah. That doesn't count. They kept, well, John will go, a couple goals, of goals in that. So. What a strike. That was just one of these ones that as soon as it leaves his foot, he's, kept, he's off celebrating because it was only going one place. So it was an absolute, right, it was a, a cracker. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones where, where I sit in the main stand, I wouldn't trade in my view of that for for anything. Like, I sit kind of just kind of up the M4, so kind of up high right of the away dugout. So you're right behind Tate when he shapes that. He shapes that, and it was similar to Morgan's equaliser against Rangers in the final day of the season a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. when he goes down the left and breaks in, and then the the peak of that genre, Greg Wilde against Kelly, <laughs> when he comes down the left and absolutely rasps one. It's just something about my seat just seems absolutely mm-hmm. perfect for for goals in the second half like that. So it was oh, it was an absolute peach. When you mention <laughs> Greg Wilde, you need to mention him by his full name, which is Misery Hunters. Misery 11 member Greg Wilde. <laughs> Grog Waldy. Was, was, it, was it ever confirmed to be Kenny McLean that set up that Twitter account? That Grog Waldy one that, that absolutely bounced <laughs> him and I think is the reason he now plays amateur football. <laughs> I mean, I think it's his shite is the fact that he plays amateur football. But... I don't think that helps. I think he's a Dumbart, actually. Is he? He was playing um, non-league for a bit. Aye. Was he's, he's like, kind of back up in the big leagues. It seems like he's a player to go to like EK Thistle or something like that. He, he was at East Cobra, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Soon to be banging them in for OG Broomhill FC. <laughs> oh, he's a set. Him and Lee Griffiths when he comes back for Australia. Yeah, after getting caught. Must have some uh, good stories from in the Simon dressing room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he won't mention Simon dressing room at all. It'll only be talked about. So, Ibrox. Uh, that's it. Uh, so there was a Twitter account with a silly picture of you. Uh-huh. Any good stories from then? Uh-huh. And then they'll start. They'll talk about forty minutes of a guy called Daza, and you've got to try and work out who that is. Oh, uh, Shazza's pal yeah. that used to play with Mazza when he was with Weedy. At fuck off. Oh, you know Weedy. Ah, oh, man, fucking what a great guy. And you're like, who the fuck are you guys talking about? Uh, anyway, less about other podcasts <laughs> and more about our own shit one. Um, <laughs> uh, standout performances. I mean, uh, we'll start with Ethan again. Like another great. Yeah. Like we definitely said, this is this is his year. Um, is he going to be with us at the end of the month? I think initially I thought I hope so. we're getting a season out of him, and he's definitely away next summer. But now. I'm sort of thinking like it's going to be one of those ones, the eleventh hour on the last the last day of the transfer window, like Portsmouth or someday that will come in my bed. Mm-hmm. And Middlesbrough. You hope if there's a chance of that happening, we're kind of we've get we're doing the legwork to get a, a replacement in or whatever. Like should that come to pass, but uh, he's been the standout this season for me and I really hope he's we get a season out of him and then he goes with everybody's best wishes but yeah, yeah I don't know I'm starting to get a bit worried about it to be honest There, there is a replacement out there a, a Baldy separate replacement but Can't do an he's, he's, nev- he's and never leaving that pool yeah. <laughs> 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 he's, at the, he's at the river reggae just waiting for the phone call Aye, He's in p- pure eat pray love mode right now <laughs> <laughs> Do you blame him? I was listed. No, I'd, I'd, no. I'd much rather be an I and Apple than Paisley. I made that journey <laughs> once, and I would, I would do it again. <laughs> um, I was listening to the the Terraces um, podcast mm. covering the weekend's games, and I think it was Tony Anderson they had talking about our game, and it was nice for a change to watch the game and kind of knew some stuff about oh, someone, okay. which was nice. Knew some one players' names. So. Shout out to to the boys. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, I think it, it was Tony Anderson that said, like, it's so, so obvious just now that Erehon's at it. He's a guy, you know, you, you kind of forget his age sometimes, but when he's confident and when he's on it, he's he's generally one of the best players in the park. He does have a tendency to kind of slide off that and and can be a tricky player to, to like at times, but when he's on it, he's on it. And I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. He's come in over the summer. I'm guessing the club have, have put some work in. He's, he's obviously getting on well with Robinson and Robinson's way of working because the production we're getting out of it's just it's just magnificent to be honest. He's he looks so calm. Um calm on the ball, but not mm. in a not in a complacent way. He, he just looks so capable of taking the time that he wants, shrugging off whatever comes in, 
against him and, and picking a pass. But on top of that, he's also playing with that urgency that I think Robinson demands and that you naturally get from like O'Hara and, and also you know Bacchus being being so persistent. Erehon's right up there with the two of them in terms of of battling for absolutely everything and, and winning more than his fair share as well. So I think um, I think you're right. Andrew Erehon has been with, with a few contenders. Erehon's my standout so far. And I, very, I hope we do keep him. I was very impressed with Ryan Strain on Saturday as well. I thought he was a, a real standout. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he kind of hit about 70, 75 minutes and was noticeably blown out his arse. And, you know, if we had more defensive cover, you'd have to assume he'd, uh, he'd uh, get subbed. But, yeah, he, everything seemed to go through him at points. Um, actually, I, just, I talked about him in my, my blog that I've just posted on Twitter, so we'll have a look at that. But um, like he had the most touches in the St. team the majority of which came in the county half. So, like, the way that we play, our wing-backs are pushed up, and I think he complements this team very, very well. And we have to kind of remember he's not he's not, he's not fit. He's not match, fully match-fit, sorry, I should say. He's not played a lot of football this year at all. So um, I think he's going to be a real, um, a real find for us and he's going to be a real asset going forward. So uh, if we can get a wee bit of cover so that it's not... He's not... Exp- there's not too much expected of him because we risk burning them out and breaking them basically. But if we are, I know we've been linked with a left back from whose name has now escapes me, Josh Reed. Yeah, yeah, we'll get on to yeah, him. Oh, sorry, excuse me. So if if we if we can get something in whereby Richard Tate can be the right wing back cover and mm-hmm. and that gives Strain a bit of a bit of leeway, then yeah, I think that could be quite an exciting exciting player for us. I think what's so encouraging is the way Strains already seems to be really comfortable linking up with Bacchus on the right-hand side of our, our midfield. Bacchus seems so dynamic. He's getting into good positions. He's he's taking the ball and, and doing that that thing. You know that, that that Ronan was very good at. Of you know your first touch also takes you away from from an oncoming defender and buys you that extra bit of space. And, and Strain seems to be able to anticipate that and knows that he can trust Bacchus and then get into a good spot. But also Ayunga's movement as well, bringing him into that line. I think so much of what was good about Saturday was down that right-hand side and it was strain Fraser when he pushed up, mm-hmm. Bacchus, Ayunga all moving, creating little you know, chances for little through balls into the box and cutting things back. And you know, we, we were pretty unlucky not to, to score at least one more from, from that kind of creativity on the right-hand side. And, and I, I really like strain. So if I, I want to be careful not to... Not to overrate him, you know, I, I thought Matt Miller was the future of, <laughs> of right backs and Paisley after his first uh, his first game or two last year with like looking a bit more physical than what we were used to and everything else, and it didn't happen. But Strain seems a much safer bet already based on on what he's done, and also a switch into that system where he just doesn't have to worry quite as much about about what's behind him. Um, Fraser's having been a right back is is really good for that, and I think Gallagher's an upgrade on that. As well, he's just so comfortable coming out with the ball and, and being an available option as well. So, if Strain does push forward and hits a bit of a roadblock, he knows that he can turn and there's a, you know, an intelligent kind of mobile footballer there behind him, be it Gallagher or mm-hmm. Fraser, who can take a pass and, and start again. It just gives you a, a kind of level of safety when you're doing that. That I think, I think helps you try some of the, some of the, you know, the, the kind of more creative, more kind of high high risk stuff if you know you've got that behind you. So. He's a he's a big positive for me. Mm-hmm. Strain's going to have an eye on the World Cup as well, like without a doubt, with Australia being there. Mm. Um, I think he's got like with the amount of Australians in the Scottish League, you know, the whoever the Australian manager is is probably going to be coming over and having a few a look at quite a few games, especially with Keanu Bacchus, who we'll get onto in a wee second, who's also like in contention for one of these call call ups. If he's there watching Bacchus, and then he's also impressed by Strain, you know that that's probably what he's hoping for so um and i i'd love just love to see at least one sitman player at the world cup this year so if we can get two of them that'd be good it's just a shame that new zealand aren't going to be there as well but um, having missed out on a uh, linden dykes do you think he's going to try and figure out if curtis main has got an australian grand or something <laughs> so that they can take one of our big lumpy uh... <laughs> but yes i was gonna say another another great game for keanu bacchus uh he's He's seriously just like a bit of a cut above that we've got, mm-hmm. what we have had for the last two years. He's a, 
as you said, he's, I think it was Mark said, he's constantly, like his first touch takes folk at the game, it gets us up the park. And as well, like, something kind of goes a wee bit under radar him as well. He wins the ball back, like, mm-hmm. near enough every yeah. time he goes for it. He's a very um, he's a very aggressive player, like quite combative, but quite measured in that as well. It's not, Aye. it's never out of control. So yeah, he's considering like he, he's such a, a weird build because he's very 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 skinny. But like, I, I don't know about it. Like he's shoving folk twice the size of him off the ball when he's going to get it. He's so wiry, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's he's a wee bit kind of. He, he does look a wee bit slender, but he's he's excellent. He's just he's a, a pleasure to watch. Like even in a, around the. The opposition's box in the lead up to the goal on Saturday. It says drive forward and Fraser passed the ball into him. He takes it in the half turn. He's getting his sprinting straight into the box to try and create a chance. And then I welcomes it goes to, goes to Tate after the Younger and Rainbow terribly trying to control it. I but, think as well for uh, when a Younger hit the post in the first yeah. half, that comes from Bacchus kind of pressing high, winning the ball high and getting. Uh, a younger kind of driving forward so yeah he's just I don't like we were saying with World Cup I don't think we can underestimate just having a player who's hungry for a World Cup place I think that's going to be mm-hmm. going to be brilliant for us well we've had midfielders before that have came looking to get into the World Cup with Derek Jemba Jemba <laughs> did he get into the World Cup I don't remember no I did he fuck no and unless Cameron TV was showing games then <laughs> The men- I remember wait, there was something about hearts, but I don't remember. <laughs> I was going to was- say the mention of Eric Jemba Jemba there just had uh, Mark like look lo- lostly over towards his uh, his flat cap that he's got hanging on the wall there, like a tear in his eye, <laughs> framed, signed by Eric Jemba Jemba. Uh, I, th- I think we kind of if we're going to talk about individual performances, I think I think it was probably how you can guess best game so far for yeah. us as well. I thought. He yeah, done everything team. apart from his score. He was really unlucky with the one that hit the post, mm-hmm. and then he just the way. I think there was one that wasn't on any highlights. But I don't think the, the chance came in, and ended up there was one he took the ball in the halfway line. And he, I think he first went past the left back, then Yakovite, then Baldwin, then the right back, and then he just kind of no one was near him at that mm-hmm. point. Does not anyone expect them to skin four players and get in the box? But for I know it's a kind of classic kind of football cliche, but for a big guy, he's got such a good touch. Like he's, he's dribbling's really, he's dribbling's probably a bit of a strong point. Like mm-hmm. Considering some of the forwards that we've had that didn't have a first touch, like Erwin and Obika, and folk like that, he's a, a real breath of fresh air. And I think finally we've found a forward that can properly hold the ball up and get us up the pitch as well. So in games where you're going to be pinned in when you're playing teams like Hearts and Rangers and Celtic if you're sticking the young guy up top and you're going to hump the ball to him he's, he's going to be able to hold off better players and better defenders than we've been used to and the ball's not going to come straight back down their throat like it has in previous years so aye, another another positive performance for him and hopefully at the weekend they can he can get off the mark for open playing then go into a belter of season mm-hmm. I think Ayunga's got that, that thing about him when he's carrying the ball where I think as long as he doesn't need to think about it he's got that instinctive ability to, to beat a man and to, to find space so bringing it from the halfway line where you know you're taking a, a clever touch and knocking someone out of the game and before you can stop to think what you're doing next you have to take another touch to beat the next guy that's coming on he's great at that you give him the ball in 10 yards of space at the edge of the box and ask him to to kind of work his way around or to keep the ball in a phone box I don't necessarily know that he's He's doing it, but that's not it's not a bad thing. Like the he's gonna spend most of his time for us forty yards from goal <clears throat> excuse me, thirty yards from goal collecting shelled balls from Charles Dunn or or Carson and trying to get in the end of th- the end of things and then and then bringing others into play as, as Sam was saying. So it's not a bad thing that from that kind of range you've just got a bit of a bit of the unpredictable in you. Um and, and that that shot again. Um, from from where I sit was kind of just in, in front of us and it looked in the whole the whole way it looked as if it was just turning that last wee bit at the end it really it was a ball hair away from being something quite special I think from from where he was I, I don't think Maine had his had his best game it would be in, I'm interested to see what a fit Brophy next to a younger looks like or even even given kind of offered a chance someone that's more of a technician and, and maybe has a bit more Finesse to them is a bit more of a natural, 
a natural goal scorer, a selfish striker. I think you stick someone like that next to Ayunga, you've potentially really got something. Whereas I don't think Main's the kind of foil for what Ayunga does. I think they're maybe just a little bit similar in terms of what their, their instinct is. Um, but yeah, it's not a bad thing. I, I don't dislike Main just now. But I think we're potentially going to get a bit stronger as other options become fit again. Yeah, I think seeing Brophy and Ayunga play together, I think um, hopefully Brophy can get a, can stay fit this season. And if he can, I think it might become quite of an, a bit of an asset next to each other. Hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully at least. He didn't look. Uh, he didn't look fit when he came on. No. On, uh, on Saturday, he looked. He looked a yeah. bit off it, to be honest. Well, so with Brophy, like I know we'll probably talk about Dundee United game a bit later on, but you've got to assume Eamon Brophy's been watching that goalkeeper. Is it Bar- uh, Bargetti? Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to assume yeah. Brophy's been watching him, thinking I want I want to play against him because mm-hmm. Brophy kind of peppering shots from twenty five thirty yards against him is quite an exciting prospect, to be honest. So I, I want to play against him. Never mind Brophy. <laughs> Uh, is there any any more points you want to make on this match? Anyone else you want to highlight? Trevor Carson save. Aye. Mm. Yeah, it's a great save. Uh, for I think for all the all the very unfair criticism, I think it's been kind of flung Carson's way. That was a, a good way to kind of reassure a lot of folk that he's a very very capable goalkeeper and will be a I think will be over the season. A great signing. I think another thing for uh, Carson that I've kind of I, I really like. Considering we were used to watching Jack Annick kick the ball at Chris Smith at the side of the pitch, well, I think Carson's distribution is pinpoint. Like, yeah, I honestly don't think he's been off target trying to hit somebody at all. Whether it's except for that one that where he, he tried to lob the defender. Yeah, I, yeah that, I, was, that, that, that was good for him. I, I think you can kind of see he's trying to be a wee bit of a smart ass with that one. But when he's going long and he's and he's trying to hit the, the wing backs, he's trying to hit a younger and main. He's hitting them in the right areas every time. Whether he's kind of rolling the ball out and hitting his feet, or he's kind of punting it. He's aye, his distribution's been been excellent. I long may it continue. That and the United keepers at one end of a spectrum in terms of wrist strength. Then I think Carson <laughs> may be at the, the opposite end because it was a it was a really kind of healthy parry up into aye. the air and oh, in a way a, like it was a strong arm. Uh, there's, there's, there's steel in his gloves at that point as opposed to the poppadoms and discos that are in Bergettis. Did you see the boy, uh, the boy, was it Sam Walker that played for Kelly? He had, uh, he had fingal uh, wrists for, for Jota's goal. I think he managed to get two hands on that. <laughs> <I'd also laughs> Absolutely see, shocking. Was it uh, Jack Max's overhead kick that goes through his legs and he just it does that thing where like he just turns the stone and falls down? But it's just like that. that's my that's my career done. <laughs> no, he's actually watching Colin Doyle. Uh, he's read the Kelly the Kelly goalkeeper handbook. You know they're welcome to come on it. Forget everything you know. <laughs> well, speaking of the Dundee United match, um, I think Craig in the group chat pointed out that what's going to happen is it's going to be this guy's greatest game of all time. Yeah. He's going to have an absolute Liam Kelly of a performance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that guy's got a good game in him. He has a fucking donut. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, you can come back and clip this and come back to it. For, oh, after I'm going to have game, to oh, <laughs> oh, that This guy's an absolute donut. It was, I think it was the was it the third heart school on Saturday where the shot basically covers like kind of just load out his right, he probably could have caught it and he just fucks it straight out into the feet. Uh, aye, and George Vance. And you're just like, aye. I saw quite an interesting uh, Twitter thread about him today, basically saying like he was palming things like that because he'd lost confidence in his ability to like catch it cleanly. So he's just, aye. It's, aye. it's a weird one because like, if you're Dundee United, what do you do? Do you replace? Yeah, I mean, you've got to replace him, right? But, I don't think do you mentally come back from that if you're him? Oh no! You've almost he, got a, you've almost got a duty of care to, to play him just till he figures it out because you don't want to be responsible for ruining this guy's life. Well, I was, I was, I was, the, I was sorry on you. No, I was just going to say this will be the first and last time I'll compare Jack Ross to Eric Ten Hag, but they are kind of both sitting in the same situation where you're assuming that your goalkeeper's like one of your. Do you mean he was in the A League team of the year and all that like? You'll have paid a reasonable bit of money mm-hmm. to bring this guy over. 
and the transfer window is getting short and there's so many other things you need to worry about. And you're still sitting there thinking, do I need to sign a second well, they, they, number one? They bought they got another keeper that was supposed to be pretty decent that yeah, that that the guy who's on the bench was in like he was like his club's player of the year in Sweden. I, I'm saying this, like talking about these goalkeepers as if I'm not a guy who ran thirty yards out of school on Saturday to pass the ball to the opposition's midfielder who then scored straight after it. But aye, like, You you I know that about David De Gea as well. <laughs> nah, I had a, I had a good game of that for that, but uh, nah, that uh, I really don't get this in the United goalie. I actually think he was trying his hardest to make it ten in that Altman game. Yeah, because the the one was I, I think it was like maybe the second or third one just came out to punch it and just missed the ball. He was in a completely different postcode for the ball. Nah, Terrace was saying that Mel Grew was in a midfield. At Tynecastle as well. I, I well, I'm just going by the sports scene highlights, but they certainly had them in centre mid, which loved. Good dog, good dog, Jack Ross. <laughs> I was, I was looking up. Um, yeah, I was looking up Burgetti there because I thought like he was in contention for the Australia squad, but he's had one cap in 2013, in which uh, they conceded four goals to China. So, um, <laughs> oh, good man. <laughs> oh, that'll be why. Yeah. Um, so. What kind of receptions the ASOS Ancelotti going to get? <laughs> hey. uh, I'm going to abuse him. Yeah. At least the bank house boss uh, will be going um, to watch this, us this time. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's <laughs> going to be sections of the crowd that will not only will they not boo, but they'll have a go at those that are booing. Mm. But it's. Your, your manager leaves you boom football's pantomime just ah, that's the on board. I think people think that we sit at home raging at Jack Ross Aye. a lot of it's banter like yeah. he's gone Aye. now so fuck like, him that's essentially like, it. it's the same as Jim Goodwin like it's not like Jim Goodwin didn't win the league cup as a captain and I'll love him until my dying day for it but he's not a manager anymore and he manages someone else and so it's funny when he fucks up and when exactly. It's funny to laugh at his failure or to laugh in advance of failure. Hi. Like that's it's a nice it's a nice thing. It's just part of being a football fan. It would be funny when Jim, Good- Jim Goodwin's kids' dad doesn't have a job at Christmas time. <laughs> will, no will no they Saturday still, in the st- Goodwin house. Will they still get to go to those Celtic games in the in the VIP area? You'll have to pay for these Celtic man. tickets. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's banter, but. Nah, I wonder what I wonder what Dave Cormack pulling Jim Goodwin into his office on the twentieth of December would say. Oh, if only Dave was here, but he's he's got a wee while to come on. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll ask him later. Yeah. I, I reckon I reckon it'll be quite a a tight game. Dundee United have conceded eleven goals in two games, so there's no way they're going to they're going to go kind of gung ho to go all out to win the game because we we are a bit of a risk, you know. We've, Defenders only really, apart from Edwards, are really the most physical. So, if they're going up against me and a younger, they'll probably be a wee bit kind of reluctant to go gung ho and leave it two on, kind of two v two at the back with them. But I fancy us to go there and knock a result. It's been a bit of a, a happy hunting ground lately for us with the, the last two games up there with five one win, a two one win. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see, especially like just. Um, like just to see Jamie McGrath maybe miss a penalty. I know he probably won't take the penalties because I'm pretty sure Stephen Fletcher takes them. But it'd be nice if he took it and then missed. And then we we're not going to get a penalty away though, no, because we are the the most solid team in the division at the back. Okay. Good point. <laughs> well, Gallico's back for this, isn't he? It's just a one match ban. Aye. Hopefully he doesn't Aye. try and have another game of netball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Tanzer Tanzer might still be injured, so both the basketball players are off. Was against Tanzer, wasn't it, the first one? Uh, aye. Aye, cool. cool. Tanzer, I think Tanzer hurt his nails or something. He's need to go back and get his nails done again. He's a fucking Jesse. He's sprained his fringe. Well, I like, really, really can't be bothered with Tanzer when he has a shy game. Think, so, do you know what? I'm going to pretend my hammy's sore because I've misplaced eight passes. Well, off our source last season, and if you're a regular listener, you'll know who that is by now. I won't say his name. But uh, like uh, he told us that Tanzer wasn't he a, a huge fan of football anymore. Fair play. Like mm-hmm. you can tell that. You mean you mean I can say that I've hurt my leg and I'll still get paid <laughs> and I don't have to run about. <laughs> tell me I'm, more. Absolutely. And get a two-year deal out of it. 
I know it's actually nah, it was a bit weird when that was announced, and I thought maybe like the bit like maybe that the worst was behind them, but yeah. I think it's uh, clear to say they... that we're, we're going to need a cover for that area, and I think that's mm. what we're going to talk mm. about, um, Josh Reed. We're probably, we're probably going to be a bit harsh on Tanza. Yeah. Like, yeah. He played 30. I think Tanza's a good player. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think Tanza's probably like, maybe one of the, the, one of the better wing-backs in the league, 100%, like, based on like goals and assists. He's a really good player, but just this season, he seems to be pretty unreliable and hopefully gets to the bottom because we're a better team than Tanzas in it. Speaking mm-hmm. of things that are maybe a bit unfair as well, see for the world-class goal that he scored, I don't, and shoot me down, I don't think Tate had that good a game at left-back. I think more than once we tried to do what we do down the right on the left and Tate just doesn't naturally take up those positions that, that's, that's, that strain does and I think we suffered for it. Now, I think, no one I think ever I, is going to remember that kind of stuff with with the goal, but I think I was literally make, I was slagging him off in the group chat as the ball hit the back of the. Head. <laughs> I feel like, but yeah, I, I did tell you to go fuck yourself you. at the time, yeah. but I do agree with you. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm can't agree with you on that one to be honest. Yeah, he's he's good cover. He's dependable. I don't think he tends to make many many mistakes. You know, he's made a few, but who hasn't? And and he's got that moment in him to, to do something like he, he did on Saturday. So I, I certainly don't think he's a bad bad player. I think he's a more than capable second choice right back and left back for us. And if he plays 15 games this season, that's not a bad thing. But if Tanser's in and out the team, I think we're needing genuine competition. And I don't know that I want Tate as, you know, and with a 50-50 chance of being the starting left back every week, I, I don't really... Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we need depth there. Well, we are linked with Josh Reed, who um, I see Sitman fan. A few Sitman fans have already written off because Kyle McAllister uh, once rinsed them. But I mean, I mean, I guess you've got a point there if Kyle McAllister's rinsing you. Um, sometimes you know, hold your hands up. But uh, we've also got to remember that Dylan Connolly once ra- rinsed um, Calvin Bassey, and then you see the move he's had. So essentially, we're getting a, a quality left back. Uh, people, people are yeah. people are allowed to be bad one game. Not everyone that plays at this level is going to be unbelievable every game. Mm-hmm. But through what we through what we've seen every in his first six months at County, which is well, funnily enough the only six months he's played football because he's not played since. But he looked like a, a very capable like left back. I don't know what like he is at wing back, but he seems to be a good height. He's pretty athletic. When you go back and you watch the videos of him at the time, he seems pretty fast. So. I uh, hopefully he's, hopefully if that's the sort of player that we're looking at, it'll be it'll be it'll be good competition for Tanza. He needs to probably need to be prepared for him to play kind of ten, fifteen games maybe if Tanza's not gonna be fully fit for a kind of chunk of the season. It's the kind of thing we haven't really had on our squad for a while as well as a a Scottish fullback of or wing back of, of that kind of age who's pushing to get that kind of first team run with a bit of appetite about them and and all the rest like we don't tend to have that kind of competition particularly in that kind of spots we, we tend to carry one first choice player on a first team wage and then have a utility person who who covers I think it's only a positive if we can get someone in like that who just puts that genuine genuine competition it's not like you have to change the way you play if Scott Tanter's out to Tate who is incredibly athletic but isn't the most rapid guy Anymore, it doesn't have that kind of finessed cross in off the left that, that Tanser does when he's when he's playing well. So to have a kind of younger option who's maybe a bit more capable of of covering that kind of distance and that kind of pace and, and everything else, I think it's a good it's a good thing. I, I think there's a place for Richard Tate in this squad. That that absolutely is, but I don't think we can rely on him every week to score from twenty five yards. Um, and, and there maybe just needs to be a bit more offered in terms of defensive work on the left and, and creating for other people. One of the, the things so. that we are uh, aware of that is if one comes in, one must go out. So who do you think the player is that would probably make space for? Just Sean, is he? Never going to get off. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Dean Linus, but I don't know. Mm, probably. Do we need three goalkeepers? That's a good point. 
Well, you need fucking three goalkeepers that have got function and wrists, and he does now. So, I think the kind of maybe the the obvious one would be Marcus Fraser. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I I would be sad to see him go to Burns because over the the course of his career with us, he's been good. It kind of went from my player of the season to like solid six, seven out of ten a week, but for whatever reason, it's kind of fallen off a wee bit in recent times but um, I don't know if that it's kind of the same with County where people were thinking he needs to go elsewhere to push on it might be similar here where he'd rather kind of give it a bash elsewhere but I'd like to see him stay because it just it gives us a like stepping in on Saturday there um, the, the right of a three uh, just gives us that more options if we do have a habit of getting folks sent off so just somebody to come in injuries and suspensions that I'm I'm not averse to having Fraser there at all. But I think if we were looking to kinda trim the squad, so to speak, it would he might be at the top of the list or thereabouts anyway. He's a mm. first team wage for a non guaranteed first team yeah. uh, slot at this point in with the ages. I, I can't imagine that he's happy being Declan Gallagher's understudy and then Richard Tate's understudy as Ryan Strain's understudy, like a you want to go and play first team football somewhere, and to be honest, there's three or four teams in the division where I'm sure he would get it. So, mm-hmm. right. I, I think I think the role that Fraser's probably going to play when Gallagher's fit and ready, I think Tate could probably do it. I really don't see there being any issue slotting Tate in at the right hand side of the back three as well. I think he played centre half, albeit in a dead rubber last game of the season uh, under the uh, Goodwin. I think I. The last game of the lockdown season, he played centre half and he was really good against Indy United. I don't really see there being any issue if he had to step in there. So Fraser does seem to maybe be the the logical choice, but aye, you would be sad to see him go. He kind of pops up with a goal every now and again as well. He's good going forward. Aye, just seems like a, a pretty nice guy as well. And mm. You kind of like to hang on to types like that. Now that he's um, he's old enough, there's hope. But I, I guess that Murray Campbell will make appearances this season. Luke Kenny was on the the bench at the the weekend as a, a central defensive option as well. So it's the kind of thing where your your fourth choice centre half isn't if he's earning a, a, a pretty healthy first team wage. I mean, he was was he not the Ross County captain when we signed him? Like, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not going to be on on nothing and he'll go and play first team football somewhere else so I'd imagine that's a fairly attractive one in terms of creating a bit of budget space for yourself I think um, I still think the other one that might that might do that is Curtis Main I think if someone would take Curtis Main I don't think Robinson would would think twice about about letting him go and using that money elsewhere I'm, I'm pretty sure given when Goodwin signed him and, and all the rest of it that he'll be on a really healthy healthy wage as a guy that moved up from Motherwell to Aberdeen and we'd have got a pay rise for that and even when he left Aberdeen he did not go down to Shrewsbury when they were in League yeah. One yeah. like he's, he's not going to be on a low wage you're not going to talk him into coming back up here for for peanuts and as much as I like him particularly towards the tail end of last season I was so happy for him to get a bit of a bit of reward for how, how hard he grafts seeing less you're getting kind of 10 goals a season and, and all the rest of it out of out of something like that, who I'm assuming is getting a pretty healthy first team age, certainly along the lines of what we're paying Brophy. We can maybe carry one striker like that who's better than what you're getting out of them and, and you're kind of hoping you're going to get that. Carrying two is, you know, is a, is a big ask. And again, we've got people that are knocking on the door now, like Grieve. You know, Grieve's what, fourth choice? And Grieve's mm-hmm. a really popular, a really popular, potentially even fifth choice once you, you add another. So I think... Main going, I think, would also create that kind of space, and I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be heartbroken to to you see it happen. Or like, for him to stay. Yeah, you've also got like Kieran Offord knocking at the door there, so like your yeah. attacking options are pretty decent. Like at the moment, like we've got that covered, and yeah, to, like, yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against Curtis Main uh, leaving. I'll miss his run, but yeah. <laughs> even if you're not going to play as a striker, you're looking at guys like Kilty and then Fraser Taylor mm-hmm. who who play in behind. A striker like having a younger who's who's a bit kind of all action does the big physical stuff, but also seems to enjoy hanging about the box and trying to um, kind of get snapshots out of things, which is the thing that Main doesn't do. 
having a tailor or a Kilty behind him creating stuff isn't a bad option to have either. So I think Main's probably the, the biggest first team wage you could take out of our squad without there being that much of a, a drop in the options that you've got. I think the only thing is, do you think there'd be many clubs in for him though? If if he if he kind of wants yes. to be offered out, yeah. Apparently there was there was clubs looking at him before he got the injury, like had to get off. The yeah. Injury, so, you know. yeah, yeah. I think he was he was but I waited on Caster allegedly ah, right, okay. at one point. So I, I, I think there'd be teams in England that happily take a punt on a guy like him. He's he's physical enough. He's quick as well. Like, well, so, someone said exactly. I'm not a hundred percent sure who was on the co-coms uh, for the Aberdeen game. It was an Aberdeen player anyway, or an ex-Aberdeen player. Who mentioned about Curtis Mean and said like he doesn't score a lot and he might not be like easy on the eye, but he is a nightmare to play against. He says he's yeah, in he absolute pain. So I think that's obviously what he brings. I like him and I think even even he's worse last year. I think all of us were fairly consistent in saying like it's not that you dislike him, he was signed to do something else and we're he's relying a, on him to be a, our number he's a, nine with he's a facilitator. Like that, that's yeah. what he's yeah. there for. Like, which is fine. We just don't maybe need that as much as we did at the time. Mm-hmm. Under under Goodwin, we've we've kind of moved on a bit in how we play and and what we're trying to do and the amount of stuff we're going to create. And I don't think he's necessarily the right guy to be on the end of it anymore. I think if we are to, if we are going to play two up top, it's certainly Ayunga plus one. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like main and that kind of facilitator role that's too similar to what Ayunga is going to yeah. do for us. So maybe maybe we do want a a brophy or a grieve or even like an offered uh, where we're a bit more kind of buzzing about in movement and a bit yeah. more of a technician as you said so yeah I think means you're back up to a younger basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah cool um, and we will be back after this I'm Joel Shocknessy and you're listening to Misery Hunters thanks Joe uh, just in case you weren't aware that Misery Hunters are now actually sponsoring Joe Shaughnessy's Away Shirt. So. Do we get the Away Shirt? We do. Oh, fucking even better. It will be going up. Can you, send a, can you send a message to the club, Jimmy, and make sure that they don't wash it before they give it to us? <laughs> I think that's just a given. You pay extra for the um, for the smell. For the musk. Yeah. <laughs> um, Again, we are joined by Aberdeen chairman. You forgot his name. Yep, you forgot my name. You did wank. Total mindfuck. Dave Cormack. Dave Cormack, how's it going? <laughs> Dave it's Cormack. Hello, Jamie. Thanks for having me on. The fear in Jamie's eyes there. <laughs> uh, before we get to the main data, Dave, uh, we just want to ask you: uh, What's your thoughts on Goodwin so far? Yeah, he's uh, he's a good looking man. I'll give him that. But uh, uh, there, there's no speaking. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, o- over to you. Okay, okay. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, you know, I've, I've missed I've missed sitting here with Dave these last. Uh, these last couple of times, um, and then taking over. Uh, Dave's just passing me all the the data over just now. Is, is there anything you want to say, Dave, before I, I start running through it? Ah, they're all fucking idiots. Ah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Dave. That's good. Uh, first up is a, a bot that invaded the St. Martin FC fans' Facebook page this week and posted maybe the most obvious bot Facebook post of all time about uh, sticking numbers up and if you could spot a number that was different then they would DM you and all you had to do was give them your bank details and your national security number <laughs> and some insurance number even <laughs> and they would send you between one and nine thousand pounds Wow! which you would assume that everyone would see that that's utter bunkum but no apparently not I've got a list of about ten people who sent number guesses in and I'm assuming responded to Tegan's message then asking them to inbox for payment. So <laughs> if uh, if Tegan Williams, the, the bot's name, if you see anyone in Moscow kicking about with a couple of new handbags, I'd assume they've been bought and paid for by Paisley based debit cards. <laughs> I, won't, uh, <laughs> I won't name and shame anyone because their their faces 
their names and their bank details are already out there being used. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. But that was a high point in my week. Uh, Graham Spears makes the the cut this week. Yeah, I think uh, I'm by no means a disciple of Open Goal, but a fairly harmless chat on Open Goal about how their under-20s manager has had to sub someone off twice in his first two games because he's needed a jobby. Somehow turned into Graham Spears having a mad rant on Twitter about how you can't call people posh boys. Um, saying that I'm sure Darren Fletcher and many others wouldn't have found this funny. Believe me, a football coach will get nowhere with this half-articulate trash. So, all right, Graham, you once played the piano on Scottsport. And you've you've got your own also private podcast. Yeah. So if if we're talking half articulate trash, just because you've got a bear's den accent, Graham, doesn't mean that you're talking sense. So back in your box, posh boy. <laughs> We've uh, also a first appearance in the in Dave Cormack's shite takes for Ian Brown. North End Saint for saying that he couldn't take any pleasure and Jack Ross taking an absolute pumping in Alkmaar because they genuinely played well at times first in the first half. I'm assuming they played well in between the five goals that they conceded in about 14 <laughs> minutes. They played really well at kickoff, you know, there's some nice one-twos on the go. You know, I took every bit of pleasure in that. I took, I took so much pleasure in watching him. Uh, I see, loved if you, it. see if you can't take pleasure from an ex-manager getting battered seven 0 on the telly. I don't think football's for you. I think you just need to. I don't know. You just take that a bit too serious. You need to chill out. It wasn't even the ex-manager thing. Like, see when like I'll always try and support teams that are outside the old firm in Europe. But yeah, see, yeah. see if they're not doing well. At least make it comical for us so we enjoy that either way are you going to give it a good performance you go right fair play to them or are you going to watch them get absolutely pumped and go do you know what that was funny did you see the guy that fell asleep aye that was excellent he was good he was, yeah, uh... that was good part. I enjoyed that if, if we ever get into Europe I'm assuming we would A also get pasted 8-0 by some Hungarian team and B some of our fans would embarrass themselves on national television <laughs> And uh, us, because we all yeah. have chartered a plane, the Misery Hunters jet, <laughs> with the Patreon money to get us there. Sam and his Tony Fitz t-shirt. Getting, all getting all of us in our Tony Fitz t-shirt. Some of us would embarrass ourselves on an away trip. Uh, probably Ross Davidson being the main one. But... I banged yeah, up a if Ross, Ross Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Ross Davidson wasn't having to pay bail in Krona, I would be incredibly disappointed. I mean, like, they, they get absolutely pumped, but see that party they had in Amsterdam? Bet you it was class, man. They'd be talking about that for years. Oh, I would, I would trade everything for that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would get relegated for one European trip. I just mm-hmm. want it once. We'll get promoted again. I don't know if we'll play in Europe again. I just I just want one. That's all I want. Wrexham to see the under-20s doesn't count as much as I tell myself that it does. <laughs> I just want a proper one. Not a Sligo Rovers or a Nomas... No, you Kona's nomads. It's going to embarrass the country. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't mind as in Scotland. I'm fine with that. As long I, as I get to, like, a trip see, away. Like next season, and it's the first season, like the Russian teams are allowed back in the European competition, and we get some mad mental Russian team. And while we're there, shit goes off, it hits the fan again. That'd be great. <laughs> and there's a rolling news story for like uh, six weeks on, on BBC Scotland about 1400. Trapped buddies. Yeah, there's like there's, there's like <laughs> charities set up and bought like you two have made a single for us and all this kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of starving pandas. <laughs> yeah, I'll move this along. Um, again, I think maybe a first shout out for noted Facebook Dong Mick McGuire with his stupid gollywog profile picture. You can stick that right up your arse, Mick. I don't care what. Uh, Robertson's Jam Factory excuse you're rolling out. It's it's twenty twenty two and this is public, so maybe just maybe just get rid of that. Colin Campbell can get one as well, but making a joke about the tan on that gollywog, you're letting yourselves, your town and your species down, man. Just (laughs) grow up. Fuck off. Anyway, we've got a at Tony P one two three four who would like (laughs) <laughs> We'd rather Maine and Carson didn't start. 
<laughs> so that Grieve and Brophy could come. <laughs> uh, who who was who out of those Grieve and Brophy were going in goals? Which of our five foot eight strikers is it that Tony P wants to play between the sticks? I, I just want to know. I'm assuming he's confused a younger with Carson, but for so many reasons, how do you do that? Do you think there's something to be said for like one one game a season from now on? You just can't play a goalkeeper. Ah, oh, maybe he doesn't want a goalie. Maybe, maybe he wants to go three up front and just fuck the goalie. Like, oh, yeah. like ice hockey style. Dundee United will keep a clean sheet. Like when ice hockey and they pull the goalkeeper for an all-out attack. Or Dundee United probably wouldn't keep it there to have a better chance to keep a clean sheet, actually. Obviously, that um, that report came in this week about the action plan to improve Scottish football. If there isn't a rule change to say that on one game a season of your choosing... You can't play a goalkeeper in goals, mm. and you in fact have to play your shortest outfield player in goals once a season. You don't have to announce it ahead of time. I think that would Glenn Middleton in goals for Dundee United. All or even that's going just to happen. All that's going to happen if that rule was ever brought in in five years' time, every player in the S, uh, in the cinch will be six foot tall. <laughs> They'll all be weird Russians and Ukrainians and all these Baltic <laughs> guys that can't play Victor football. So it's like, oh, your, your shortest player needs to go and goes, oh, he's six foot seven. Motherwell, I've just been replaced by the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yes. Oh, seven foot tall. <laughs> so uh, anyway, good work, Tony. Quality tweet there. Uh, special mention to the like 15 people that haven't noticed that Ben Wallace has said Robinson out after every match for the last six months and still <laughs> piling. Right, and he also said to say, what, well. what game are you watching? Say that again. He also said Goodwin out when it was Goodwin as well every week. Yeah, like <laughs> he's he's an invisible worker. Yeah, I'm assuming these people aren't logging into Facebook for the first time. Oh, good God. Ben has been a, a great worker and through the posts he's managed to get us with uh, without getting too deep into the pyro debate. It's worth mentioning that Jim Crawford put up a picture of the pyro having destroyed the AstroTurf and said, you know, this is what can happen with uh, unsafe pyro. And Sandy Woods commented, please tell me that isn't someone's blood. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath a picture which is very clearly captioned, burnt AstroTurf. <laughs> Unlucky, Sandy. Uh, Isabella Campbell getting a wee shout out for um, putting a post on with one of the Facebook groups to try and sell her homemade Simon merchandise and literally all someone did was ask if it was official club merchandise and she had deleted her post and then put another one up saying I'm so sorry if I've offended anyone on this group by posting my items but I apologise so just asked if it was official and it's obviously no official just... Is that her that does the, the Simon beer in it as well because she buys that from my shop yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, the more you buy of them the more money I make <laughs> Yeah, like our stuff looks absolutely fine. It's just don't delete your post and then apologise because one person asks if it's official merchandise. Just continue selling yourself and calm down. Mm-hmm. And then keep buying beer from Jamie, obviously. Of course. Cheers, Isabel. Good guy. This feels like when I insulted your dad, Jamie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Try and pick someone next week who doesn't contribute to your sales figures or anything. Oh, that's not. Special mention for uh, for Lee Mayer this week, oh. former centre back hero. Lee put a bit of a a bit of a heart wrenching tale up on up on the old LinkedIn this week. Um, it's really sad, basically. You know the transition from footballer to former footballer and how tough that can be in the finances. And I hadn't realised it got as bad as it did for Lee. Um, at one point, he actually had to downsize the series of BMW that he had. And could only drive a new one series BMW for four years. Um, so naturally, if I think we're going to set up a crowdfunder, if um, and hopefully we can get we a car that's got CarPlay in it. He's a fucking herbal wine that can He also had to cancel his Spotify subscription. Come on. Yeah. So paid three hundred and fifty pound a month for his BMW, but couldn't afford nine ninety nine for his Spotify. Potentially the least self-aware man on the planet, I would say. He's a, he's a fucking knob, Lee Mayer. And anyone that likes him is just as bad. Mm. 
Yeah, so probably not going to interview Lee anytime soon on the I mean, jo- join us on the next Patreon. <laughs> yeah, one tragically one had to. Sam and Matt. <laughs> he had to cancel his Zoom account as well. You know, it's a real, it's a real shame he couldn't get his Zoom fees because of his one series BMW. So. <sighs> but, uh, someone uh, called Gala Foxes on Twitter. This was brought to our attention by Kevin Kinney on the the Patreon. A good man who pays his three pounds and then therefore deserves a, a shout out. Um, Gala Foxes who said boycott or not. That's a pitiful away support. <laughs> <laughs> Fully really missing uh, the point of a boycott. The eyebrows, yeah. 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 So it's aware that the St Johnston fans were boycotting the game, but still thinks it was a pitiful away support. At least there was a boycott. Your whole girl. boycott done well. Usually, when you see um, when fans say they're boycotting, like a thousand still turn up. So it's quite good that. Yeah. Good on them. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's why it's poor for a boycott. Oh, you know, right. <laughs> they've normally got a thousand in their travelling support, and only a hundred showed up to a boycotted game. <sighs> and then uh, finally. For this week is a uh, runs on Ali Defoy in their appearance on Off the Ball last Saturday, where apparently, because by this point I'd switched off for reasons, <laughs> um, she mentioned that someone had never played in Europe, despite the fact that she'd I think she'd been alive the last time we played in Europe in the nineties. I was going to say something to early nineties, and I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. So keep up uh, keep up the good work Ellie I mean she's probably yeah. she's like the she's not on St Murn stuff anymore so she's 100% focused on Rangers now so yeah she, she gets to work for the team she supports yeah, yeah. <laughs> and her family company's no longer on the shirts either so maybe she has been packed at the shop, at the place she's now the accountant for that company she was in on uh, off the ball before I switched off Jesus so, so what we're going to say is bye bye Gen- Gennaro Glass in the next year and a half so what has she been? She's been a brand manager, a head of sales, a head of marketing, and an accountant. Uh, she uh, was the she was the main presenter for an MMA promotion in London. She was uh, also, also she, wor- she worked for Aston Villa for a time. And also done. She just used to do QVC. <laughs> yeah, James TV. She, Used to punt necklaces to the same kind of people who responded with numbers in the comments to that Facebook post. My grand used to buy stuff off channels like that. So, uh, she was a producer on Radio as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that time that um, we were supposed to be interviewed, and you were, uh, and then she never actually yes, got in touch. Yes, yeah, sat next to the phone for two hours to come on and talk about Jim Goodwin leaving and then she DM'd us the following day to say sorry guys, ah, that's fine I've, I didn't have any dinner last night or sleep I've just been sitting next to my phone for the last 15 hours and they try, they try to get but, us uh, back on and I just like blocked it I think, <laughs> I was like right fuck them yeah. <laughs> I think they did speak to Tony Fitzpatrick so yeah, I think it was, it was the time um, it wasn't um, Jim Goodwin leaving it was round about the time we won our case against not having to pay a big fine or something like that. Does that know it? Oh, is it the COVID stuff? The COVID stuff, I Aye. think it was that. Yeah, that's I, what it was. Oh, yeah, they'll phone you in the next 15 minutes. Poor Mark's that by the phone. I'm still sitting next to that phone, waiting on that phone call. <laughs> and it's never come. So, don't want to pile on too much. And as I said, I didn't actually hear her say that someone I've never played in Europe but if you believe Black in My Army forums and who doesn't because they're always <laughs> full of truth and common sense then that happened and if that happened then deservedly that's a shite take of the week no bye uh, oh yeah cheers Dave <laughs> 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 uh, but th- uh, thanks for listening um, patreon.com forward slash misery hunters uh, you'll hear our latest um Patreon exclusive, which is our favourite goals from Defenders. Um, also, if you join this month, and members who joined last month and are still paying this month, will be entered automatically into a competition for uh, one of our brand new t-shirts that are currently being designed right this, um, this minute. Um, so, if you join, you're in for a chance for that. Um, and you get access to the Patreon, which is a good laugh. And you get to speak to us a little bit more. 
on the Discord, which is a fantastic app that I didn't know existed a few months ago. 99% of patrons who signed up are still patrons. And, and and the one person who isn't, we know who you are and we know why. And we'll, you'll be hearing from our lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please give us your three pounds again. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and as always, do you know what? Fuck Jack Ross. Oh, that was mine. Uh, fuck Ali Desoy. Fuck Jim Goodwin. Fuck Malcolm Malky. Please don't look at my phone, McKay. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.